The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Beitza has been dedicated anonymously of Meir Ben Esther. Amen. has been dedicated as well Amen. We bless our anonymous sponsor that Bezat Hashem he should be blessed with Arichut Yamim, health, Oshel, Veoshel, Vechavod, and Bezat Hashem should be Zocher in the near future to raise a family uh, and continue all his good work for the community. Amen. Daf Chavbet. Today's daf is being studied Le'ilun Shmat Avraham ben Esther Ruwa Hashem Tanihenu Began Eden Amen Today's daf is being studied Le'fuah Shilema Sarah Bat Rachel Enna Refanada Betoch Shear Chodea Amo Yisrael Amen We begin today's daf On Chaf Alef Amud Sheni And we start five lines from the bottom We learned in our Mishnah Three things that Abban Gamliel was Mahmir <clears throat> on himself, according to the opinion of Bet Shammai. One of the things that he was mahmir on was that he would not make hatmana from Yom Tov to Shabbat, which means he would not insulate pots in order to keep their warmth. When Shabbat uh, was followed by Yom Tov, for example, on a Friday, he would not make hatmana. So the Gemara now wants to understand <coughs> the case. The Gemara says, hey, what's the scenario? What's the case? If they already established an Eruf Tavshirin, what's the reason why Bet Shemai says you can't make Hatmana? The Chaura in Eruf Tavshirin, just like it allows you to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbat, it allows you also to make Hatmana from Yom Tov to Shabbat. So what's the reason for Bet Shemai to be Mahmid? If you didn't make an Eruf Tavshirin, so how can Bet Shemai allow it? So if you have an Eruf Tavshirin, everybody should say it's Mutar. If you don't have an Eruf Tavshirin, everybody should say it's a Sur. Really, I'll tell you the case is talking about where he didn't place an Eruf Tavshirin. And even without an Eruf Tavshirin, Hakamim still allowed you to do your basic necessities in order to live. Which means, even without an Eruf Tavshirin, you, uh, you can't cook a regular meal, let's say, but to do the minimum basics, they'd allow you. And that's what Bet Shemai is saying. No, if you didn't make an Eruf Tavshirin, they're not going to even allow you to make. The basic necessities, even if you have to make hatmana, which is basic necessity, still it's going to be forbidden. The Ravuna, the Tame. And Ravuna is going to his reasoning. Which means, Ravuna, if I got to make a roof tafshin, that's it. They can make him the minimum. You make him one piece of bread, one kedera. Are you able to light the one uh, one uh, ner? Meshum Rabbi Yitzhak Amru from Rabbi Yitzhak's name. They said Absolin no dagkatan. They even allow you to get one uh, small little fish. Tanya na meachem of the bright to support is Mishelo and Yeh Arubet of Shirin Ofin no pat achat. They could make from one piece of bread. The Tomim no 
כדרה אחת, תקמק כתמנה, to keep it warm for him one part, ומדליקים לו את הנר, and they can light for him a נר, so he can have some light, ומחמים לו קיטון אחד, they can heat for him also one jug of water. ויש אומרים, אפסולים לו דאג קטן. So that's the first answer of the Gemara. Rabbi Nas' answer is that the reason that we're talking about is really didn't put an eruv tavshirin. And Bet Shammai is holding like a mahmir shita that's going to tell you that without an eruv tavshirin you can't do anything. So if you didn't make an eruv tavshirin, I can bet they'll say, you can make katmana, because he allows you to do kadeh hayav. Which means just the basic necessities of Bet Shammai allow you to make katmana on one tavshir, and therefore that's the makhloket. Comes the Gemara gives a different answer. Rabbi Amar, le'olam sheniyah. Really I'll tell you, you put an eruv tavshirin. If you put in a roof tavshirin, what's the reason why Bet Shammai is being mahmir? The Chaurai, roof tavshirin is matir everything. Just like it's matir you to cook, it should be matir you to make. Hatmana. Veshani hatmana. Hatmana is different. Demucha milta vedaata deshabeta ka'abid. Even within a roof tavshirin, Bet Shammai says that the hatmana... Uh, is going to be a problem. Why? Because it's evident the only reason why you're making this hatmana is for Shabbat. Because you don't have to make hatmana for Yom Tov. Why? On Yom Tov you could cook. On Yom Tov you can make a fire. Obviously when you're setting up the hatmana, the insulation of the pot to keep it warm, it's evident that you're doing it for Shabbat. Whereas even if you're cooking, let's say, on Friday for Shabbat, but you're cooking, it looks like you're cooking for Yom Tov as well. So therefore we can allow you to cook and do things like that. But a hatmana, Bet Shabbat is going to tell you, since intrinsically it looks like you're doing this dafka for Shabbat, there's no other interpretation why you're doing it. So therefore even with the Neruf Tafshilin, he's going to tell you, at this point at least it's going to be Asur. So what are you talking about? Eti be'abayeh. Abaye brings a question. Hananya Omer, Hananya says, Bechamay Omrim, En Ofin Ela Imken Aidev Bepat. You can't bake from Yom Tov to Shabbat unless you had a baked product prepared already from before. For example, a loaf of bread. You cannot cook unless you had a cooked product prepared from before Yom Tov. Ah, you cannot insulate. Unless you started the insulating process. But the Gemara makes it duke. If you had Hatman already prepared from before Yom Tov, it would be permissible. Even though it's evident that you're doing it for Shabbat. So you see, but Shammai holds, so long as you made Hatmana from before Yom Tov and you started the process, you can continue to make your Hatmana on Yom Tov. So what do you tell me? No, Hatmana is different because it's Mukhah for Shabbat. So what? Mukhah for Shabbat. But Shammai says, as long as you made your Eruv from before, meaning if you made your baked goods, you could make. If you made your cooked goods, you could cook. If you made your Hatmana goods, you could make Hatmana. So we're back to the question, Rav, what are you talking about? How could you tell me that Hatmana is different? We see, but Shammai allows you to make Hatmana as long as you started the process from before Yom Tov. So Abaye gives the final answer. The case is talking about where you made an Eruv for this, but you didn't make an Eruv for that. Which means, I made an Eruv with Pat, that allows me to bake. I made an Eruv for Bishul, that allows me to cook. But I didn't make an Eruv for Hatmana. And according to Hananya, unless you make a specific Eruv for each item, it's not going to allow you to do that process. And therefore the Mishnah speak to be interpreted like this. Rabat Gamliel's Mahmid, like the Chamai, not to make Hatmana, Meyum Tov to Shabbat. In which case, in the case where you made an Eruv Tavshirin, but what? For Pat and Tavshir, but you didn't make an Eruv Tavshirin for 
Hatmanan, according to Hananiah, if you didn't make a specific uh, preparation for the Hatmanah from before, you will not be allowed to do it on Yom Tov itself. So that's the two different interpretations we have to the Mishnah. Either Ravuna's answer, Ravuna's answer is talking about, you didn't make any Luf Tafshirin. Finish, you didn't make any Luf Tafshirin, that's why you cannot do Hatmanah. Oh, so how can Betelir say you can make Hatmanah? No, can Hayav. Even Betelir allows you without the Luf Tafshirin to make the minimum amount, meaning you can make a Hatmanah on one Tafshirin just so you can survive. Second answer, no, you made an Eruf Tafshirin, but you didn't make an Eruf specifically for Hatmana. We found the opinion of Hananiah according to Bet Shammai that says if you didn't make a specific Eruf for Hatmana, you would not be allowed to be Matmin, and the Bangamaliel is taking the Chumah of Bet Shammai. Now, the second thing that Bangamaliel was Mahmir on in our Mishnah was a Menorah. Ain Zuchfin it a Menorah be Yom Tov. Seemingly, we're talking about a case where you have a Menorah. And uh, it fell, it fell apart. It's a candelabra. It, it collapsed uh, on Yom Tov. So it doesn't allow you to fix it. Okay, now we're going to see exactly what this mahluk is. So it comes again, Maran says, Ve'en zofin et menorah. We learned in the Mishnah that you're not allowed to uh, straighten up the menorah. Correct? My Kavi, so the Gemara says, what is he doing? What's the Isun straightening up the menorah? Amar of Hanina Barbisna, Hacha be menorah should haliot askinan. Ah, we're talking about a menorah that's made from components, which means that the menorah fell apart. Now, to put it back together again, you have to, you know, connect the different components. Now the problem is when you're putting the components back together again, it looks like you are building. The Bet Shammai says that Binyan is not only by Karka, by building a house, but there's also Binyan by vessels. And therefore Bet Shammai says you cannot put this menorah back together. Bet says no. Binyan is Davka said, let's say, when you're building in the in the ground, which means when you're making a regular, uh, let's say, you're finishing a product, you're building, you're doing some type of uh, construction, which is one of the avot melachot. However, this is not a binyad of oil or binyad of a bayit. This is, uh, you're putting pieces back together again by kelim. Betelel is mekel. Okay? Tosfot has a question. Tosfot says we learned the Masechet Shabbat. That, what do you mean? When it comes to a menorah of holyot, everybody says it's asur. Mm-hmm. And now they were saying that according to Betelel, he's saying it's mutas. Look at the second tosfot. Vim tomar, vehabi shabbat, b'merosh haliyot, kol ha'ama lo peligi de'asur. Ve'esh tomar, de'at, amari b'shabbat. Ve'acha amari b'yom tov, lo'achminu ha'kamim, mo'id ve'en b'nyan b'kelim. Which means on yom tov, they were more mekel. And therefore, on yom tov, Betelel is more mekel than shabbat. And therefore, they will make a haluk. Okay? Then Tosfot gives a different answer. In a me, yesh tomar, te'at amari shikula shul haliyot, mufarkin ota evarim evarim. Evalach amari she'en haser kan mak la kimak sa'at, ve'en ba'alat evarim dekula mehubereti. Or we can say that over there in Shabbat, it was mamash pieces, mamash components. Then we have to mamash put them together again. In that case, even Betanel will say it's a suit. Here, it's really attached. It's just that you have to lift it up in order that the pieces will come uh, together again. So in that case over there, in Shabbat, everybody will say it's a suit because it's components, mamash and haluyot. Therefore, even Betanel will say it's a suit. However, over here, it fell apart, but all you got to do is lift it up and the pieces will come together by themselves, so to speak. And they were really attached, so therefore Betanel will be making That's the between here and Shabbat. Ula. A story we have Ikla Lebe Rav Yehuda. He was in the house of Rav Yehuda. Kam Shamei, the servant of Rav Yehuda, got up. Zakaf la Lesharga. He lifted up the the ner, 
The ner is over the receptacle that has the oil in it with the wick in it, and it was lit. What he was doing is he was trying to extinguish the ner on Yom Tov. So what did he do? He lifted it up in a way that the oil will be drawn away from the wick in order that the ner will go out. Go out. So um, when he saw this over here, of Yehuda, Rav Yehuda, Le'uda. So he asked the question, Hanoten shemen bener hayab mishum mavir. Which is on Shabbat, if you put oil into the vessel, into the receptacle, you hayab mishum mavir, because you're adding fuel to the fire. Va mistapik memenu hayab mishum mechabe. On Shabbat as well as Yom Tov. If you take oil away, you're going to be hayab mishum mechabe, because you're extinguishing. So therefore, he's telling him, what are you doing? How are you allowing this uh, this guy over here, this shamosh, he's tilting the candle, the, the ner, and getting the oil away. So what's going on over there? This is mekibuy on Yom Tov. Mav'ir on Yom Tov is mutar. But kibuy on Yom Tov, extinguishing, is asur, it's not ochel nefesh, extinguishing a fire. What's the purpose? It's asur. So he tells him, Amar leh, lav adatai. Right? So Uda tells him, Yehuda, lav adatai. He says, listen, he says, that's not... Uh, huh? Shemashul ula. Uda tells him, lav adatai. So what do you want from me? It's not, uh, he's doing it on his own. I think I told him to go do the... Huh? Yeah, he was Jewish servant. They didn't know. Says, you think I authorized the, him to go do this? Over? No, that guy is doing it on his own. Okay? Like she says, Asa, Shamash, Mashasa. He did what he did. He's asking for permission. And therefore, there's no, uh, there's no claims. Okay. Comes the Gemara and continues. Amar Rav. Rav said, some of the Gersar of Yehuda. Amar of Yehuda, Kanba, Share. End of Sugya. What is Kanba? The way the Mephashim learn when you have a wick. Okay, so sometimes on the top of the wick, after you lit it a couple of times, it's like a coal that forms, like a little black uh, charcoal on top of the wick. So sometimes when you want to light the wick, to light it better, you have to knock off that uh, little coal over there in order to light it. So the Gebara says, To knock off that little charcoal on top of the wick, is mutar on Yom Tov, in order to make it light better. She says, To straighten that, to trim it. Right, in order to make it good, so he could light it. Ba'amineh, Abba bar martam abayeh. Okay, Abba bar martam asked a question to uh, abayeh. Okay. Ma'u nechabot etaner mepeneh davar ahir. We know that if a person uh, wants to have tashmisha mita, so really he's supposed to not have light on. He's supposed to be in the dark. So now it's Yom Tov. So there's a, there's a light over there. Mm-hmm. So the halakha, the question is being asked over A person wants to know, Mishum davar ahir on Yom Tov. Davar ahir is a nice way of saying tashmish amita. Can he extinguish? We know regular kibuy is a suit for no purpose. But he has a purpose. He wants to have tashmish amita. So is that permissible or not? Amar lo, if be bayit ahir. So he told him to go to a different room. Or do you have to be in the room with the light? Eno bayit ahir mai. You don't have another room. So he if shallah asotu mehisa. Well, let him put a curtain up uh, to separate between him and uh, the light. Let's say he doesn't have a mehisana. And now what are you going to do? So he says, Let him take a vessel and cover the nail without extinguishing it. Just to cover so it's not uh, illuminating and uh, you have no problem. Let's say you don't have a keli. What are you going to do? So I'm going asur. If you have no other options, you're not allowed to extinguish it for this purpose over there. So he says, What are you talking about? a question. It says, Bakat is a piece of wood. 
You have a piece of wood on Yom Tov, it's burning. The guy, he doesn't want it to burn. He doesn't want to lose the whole bakat. He doesn't want to lose his uh, money over there. It's going to cost the money, this bakat. So what does he want to do? He wants to extinguish it. If you have mercy, so to speak, on the bakat, you cannot extinguish it. However, let's say the smoke is interrupting you. All the smoke from the bakat is in the house. And it's uh, uncomfortable. Or well, let's say the uh, the bakat is burning the kedera. You have a pot on the fire, and over here the, the, the food is getting all burnt from this over here. So therefore, it's mutar. You're allowed to extinguish. So you see what? In certain cases, for benefit for hanah, outside of uh, achila, right? I don't want the smoke to be in the house. You're allowed to extinguish it. So therefore, the chaurat should be permissible to extinguish the nair for the purpose of um, the tashmish. Look at Rashi. Rashi says eti be. Uh, actually, let's go to Rashi Kedel Lachus Alav. She'en kibui zeh sorech yom tov. This kibui over is not the sorech yom tov, obviously, right? V'ani shamati David is soter amenat lebnoot b'mkomo. Rashi gives a different interpretation that when you're putting out the bakat, it's considered soter because you're destroying, you're dismantling over by putting it out amenat lebnoot, and eventually to build, mean to light again in the same place. So it's either mavir, it's either mechabe, or it's either soter. Either one. In any event, you see what that even for non achila purposes, you're allowed to do kibui Amar he says he calling me from this Braita Hai Rabbi Yehudahi you're bringing me the Shita of Rabbi Yehudah Kikamina Anal Rabbanan I'm going to quote the Rabbanan what's the Rabbi Yehudah Shita Rabbi Yehudah the Malik Kaman Mechshire Oche Nefesh Sharu he allows not only Oche Nefesh on Yom Tov but things that are preparatory to Oche Nefesh also permissible V'darish Ya'aseh Lachim Nechosor Chechem he learns that when it says in the Torah, you can do your needs, not only your needs for Ochel Nefesh, any of your needs. Which you just like, the smoke in the house is also a purpose. You don't want to sit in the smoke, yes. Tashmish is also a purpose. He says, what do you want? I'm all say, like the rabbi's opinion, that say no, when it says, only Ochel Nefesh. Rabbi Yudai is Molini, he allows Kibui even for other uh, pleasures. So therefore, you have no question. So again, the question was asked, can you extinguish the flame for the, for the Davar Ahed? He told him Asur. What do you mean Asur? I have a bright that sounds like it's mutar. That's going according to the Biyuda. The Biyuda has a more flexible interpretation to Ochel Nefesh. He allows not only Ochel Nefesh Mamash, but anything that's a Hana'ah, he'll allow you to extinguish. I'm going according to the Rabbis. The Rabbis are Mahmir. Next question. Ba'amine Abaye Merabah. Abaye had a question to Rabbah. Ma'u lechabot de deleka biyom tov. Okay, there's a fire. But when a guy has a fire in his house on Yom Tov, can he extinguish the fire? There's no question. Even on Shabbat, it's permissible to extinguish. The question is, it's just going to be a loss of money. My, is it permissible? It's not a Again, same question. You cannot extinguish the uh, piece of wood in order to have, uh, to, to, to have mercy on me to save it. If you're doing it in order that the house does not become smoked, or a kedera, to save the kedera, mutar. Oh, so you see what? That even for non-Ochenefesh purposes, you're allowed to do kibush, so the chaurat to save the mamon, the chaurat should be permissible. Same Again, you bring me the biudah. Kika amina anad rabbanan. I'm going to coin. I want to know coin to the rabbanan. Same question, same answer. Ba'amine rabbashe. Me'amimor. Okay, now rabbashe asked the question to amimor. Ma'u lichol the ta'ayin biyom tov. 
We know on Yom Tov, just as well on Shabbat, anything that has to do with medicinal purposes, medicine, is asur. Why? The Hakamim made a gezerah, that if you're going to come to use medicine, you might come to grind, and therefore it's asur as well as Shabbat, it's as well as asur on Yom Tov. So now the question was, can you make kichol on the ayin? They used to take like a, uh, uh, a mascara, a certain type of ointment, we'll call it, and they want to put it on the eye, it's a... It's, a, it's an ointment for healing. It's a remedy. So they want to know, can you do that on Yom Tov? Rira is like there's a certain uh, mucus that is coming out of the eye. Ditsa, Ditsa is where, let's say, there's like a certain uh, 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 sharp, uh, uh, pinching uh, feeling that a person is getting in his eye like a ditsa, like somebody taking a needle and putting it in his eye. So that's called ditsa. You have that feeling. Dama, or let's say there's blood coming out of his eye. Dimata, or let's say there's tears coming out of his eye. Vikadahta, or there's a certain fever that is getting a burning sensation. Uthilat <coughs> ukhla, or the beginning of any of these diseases that are coming on. That's for that you're permissible to handle the eye on Shabbat. Why that? Feel the Shabbat Of course, on Shabbat, of course, no question. My question was, Sofukla, at the end of the ailment, which means as the ailment is starting to heal, and the only reason why you want to put the ointment is why? You just want to strengthen the eye, which means that you want to see better. You can see, there's no Sakana. You just want to enhance the, the eye. What's the deen? My. Amale Asur. So he tells me again, what do you mean? Asur of Shabbat. There's no, there's no hit there. It's not Okhir Nefesh again. There's no hit there to put this Kehon Eye. So he asked him a question. Again, he tells him what? You cannot uh, extinguish the Bakat. But what? Like the smoke in the house, you're allowed. So therefore, you see what? For, for, for Hana'ah, for certain pleasure, you're allowed to do even. So for the same reason, I want it in my eye, I want to have better vision. I should be able to do it, then we should, uh, no problem. Which means, the Ochel Nefesh is really, according to the Biyuda, more like Hana'a. Any type of Hana'a that's going to benefit the person on Yom Tov, Mutar. For all your needs. So the Chavra, contribute that should be Mutar. And they answer him like they answer, which means we were asking a contribute that we want to know according to the Rabbanan that are Oser. Baruch Atah Adonai Comes the Gemara and says, Amemor allowed somebody to have his eye uh, anointed. anointed on Yom Tov, Al Yedek Goy. He let the goy do it. Some say Amemor himself had the goy put the ointment in his eye on Shabbat. What's the reason why you're being mekel over here? Are you relying on that opinion that says that anything that has to do with sickness, you can rely on a goy to administer it? Even if it doesn't have sakana, is that what you're relying on? That's only talking about where you're not aiding in the process, you're not helping him. But you're helping. Why? You're closing and opening your eyes. When he puts the ointment in, you're also helping. How do you get the ointment in your eye? 
You have to open and close your eyes, so you're, you're a Messiah. This is a siyua, this is a sur. The rabbi only allowed the goy to do something. If he's the only one doing it, you're not involved in the process. But if you're involved in the process, it's a sur. Amar leh, ikar dekai kevatach. Yeah, yeah, but the rabbi agrees with you. Rav Zavid also has your question. Veshani yeleh, but I answered him, Mesayaya and Bamamash. This is considered Mesayaya and Bamamash. I'm not, uh, I'm not helping, which means the Melacha could have been done without me. You didn't need me. Like we learned in Masekha Shabbat, in the case where Ze Yachol, Ve Eno Yachol. Which means, let's say you have a case where uh, one guy can do the Melacha himself. He doesn't need uh, another guy to help him. Say, Yachol, he's capable to do it himself. <laughs> you have another guy who couldn't have done it himself, he's helping him. So the Gemara says, the guy who's Yachol is Hayav. The guy that's Enu Yachol is Patur. Why? He's Messiah. He's Messiah, he's helping. Let me say, I'm a Mamad, we don't need you. Your help is, uh, is insignificant. So the same thing over here. The, 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 the closing and opening your eye is considered Messiah, but it's Enbo Mamash. Look at the bottom of the Messiah, Enbo Mamash. Mish Enu Osem Melaka Mamash. He's not doing a Mamash Melaka. The ointment he's not putting on. Ela, Messiah, Mead Kihai. Ubelav, who mitabeda. Well, even without his Siyuah, the Melaka is going to happen. In the case of one guy can do the melacha himself. Yeah, the carry. He carried holding himself. The other guy was wasn't able to carry. So the other guy, the weak guy, is helping him. So what's the din? Yachol hayav v'sheino yachol patur v'afargav v'kabesayim be'adem. You can tell me that what? How can you tell me that the eno yachol patur is misayaya? The Gemara answers misayaya and b'mamash. This misayaya now it's, it's insignificant. The melacha would have been done without him. So therefore, that's what he was relying on. Comes the Gemara continues. Amemor. Amemor shara lemechal einab yom tov shini shlosh shana. Oh, let's go back to the subject of Rosh Hashanah. We learned that all the days of Yom Tov, the first day is considered, let's say, uh, the Vada'i day. The second day, we said, is already Safik. Right? Because we, the second day, we're only following it because of the Hagavot in because of the Safik, Safik Adiyuma, etc. However, Rosh Hashanah, we said, was different. Rosh Hashanah, even in the olden days, when there was Be'din, there was, uh, you know, sometimes they had to follow two days, because the Edim would come late, etc., and therefore they would make both days Kodesh. So therefore, the two days of Rosh Hashanah are a little different than the regular two days of regular Yom Tov. So the Gebarat of the Amemor was lenient on the second day of Yom Tov to allow people to put the ointment on, on the second day, as if he was treating the second day of Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah, like a safek, it's, uh, it's less. So the Gebarat says, Amemor, said, hold it. If somebody does, let's say, on the Yom Tov Rishon, of, let's say, Rosh Hashanah, Yitasiku Bo Amemin. On the first day, only the Goyim are allowed to do the burial. Yom Tov Sheni, on the second day of Yom Tov, Yitasiku Bo Yisrael. Ten million. Second day of Yom Tov, we allow even a Jew to do the burial. Even on Rosh Hashanah, which we consider Yom Ha'arikta, it's all considered one long day, but for burial, we need on the second day, Ayyadeh Yisrael, Masha'en, Ke'en, Babetzah. However, when it came to a Betzah, normally we say on a regular Yom Tov, Betzah, Nolda Bezeh, Mutar Bezeh. If it's born on the first day, we say on the second day, it's Mutar, because the second day is only Safek. However, on Rosh Hashanah, we say Nolda Bezeh, Asura Bezeh. So the Gemara comes along and says, oh, So therefore, what do you see? The only leniency that they made for Rosh Hashanah was the Gabe Met. We didn't see a leniency for Kehol. It was allowing to put the ointment in the eye even on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Where would you get this uh, there? So he says, 
So don't you remember? I'm following the opinion of the Nahardi'ah. De'amar amri after Betzah. Which means even when it came to Betzah, the rabbis of Nahardi'ah were lenient on Rosh Hashanah. Because they treated also Rosh Hashanah like every a regular day of Yom Tov. Like regular Yom Tov. Why? What are you worried about? That maybe the rabbis are going to add an extra day to Elul. And therefore, if they add an extra day to Elul, then really the second day of Rosh Hashanah is going to be the... The main day, which was today, that we follow the Hakamim. Are you worried about uh, uh, in Ibur? He says it never happened. Ha'amar of Hanina Barkana Mimot Azdav Ha'ilach Lo Matzinu Elul Me'ubar. Which is, if you remember the Hadi'ah's opinion, they held it never happened where Rosh Hashanah was ever two days. Which is even in the times from Azad Sofer, yet the Hakamim were concerned if the witnesses might come late, then you're going to have a second day. You know, but it never happened, which means the rabbis really never added an extra day in Elul to make Rosh Hashanah come out uh, on the second day. So therefore, the Gezerah never kicked in. The Gezerah never, never started according to the Haradah. Therefore, Rosh Hashanah is a regular Yom Tov, like every other Yom Tov. And therefore, just like Betzah, just like by Met, Met by Yom Tov Sheni, Ayyadeh Yisrael, Betzah, Shalodah Bezum, Uter Bezum. And therefore, Amimor says, Kehol on the second day is also permissible because he subscribes to the opinion of comes the Gemaran says, The third Humrah that the Bangam Liel accepted upon himself, like Bet Shemai was what? On Yom Tov they did not bake thick bread. Why? Because it's a hot to bake thick bread. They would only break the Kikin. The Kikin is like wafers. They would bake thin bread. We have a Braita. Bet Shemai Omrim En Ofin Pat Pesach. Now we have a new Halacha. When it comes to Pesach, Bet Shemai says you're not supposed to bake thick matzah. Right? The uh, thick matzah. Bet Telel Matirim. Bet Telel says it's okay. The interpretation at this point we're thinking the reason why Bet Shemai is Mahmir because when you make it thick, it's hard to watch from becoming hamitz. Therefore, he said, no, no, you can't make thick. Bet Telel says, no, you watch it. Just make sure that you uh, take care of it. The Kama Pat What's the thickness when we say Pat Amaravuna Tefacha. Maximum shiur of a tefah. That's a nice shiur. That's like uh, three inches. Shechin matzinu b'lechem atpanim tefah. Because we found by the lechem atpanim, the twelve showbread incidentally in the Beit Hamikdash was matzah. It wasn't bread. Lechem atpanim is matzah. And how thick was the lechem atpanim? We learned in the sechet sukkah why they call lechem atpanim because it was the shiur of panim. What is the shiur of panim? Shabbos panim is a tefah. So therefore, we know the lechem atpanim which was matzah was a tefah. So that's the maximum. But then it says you can make the matzah on pesah as well. So now, so the Gemara says that just like the lechem panim, you can make a tefah, and it's considered okay. So too on Pesach you can bake matzah betelir, the shiur of a tefah. Now the Gemara is going to say, hold it. You bring a raya from lechem panim from the Bet Hamikdash. There's a lot of differences over here between the Bet Hamikdash baking and a regular guy in his uh, kitchen baking. Why? Matkifla Rabbi Yosef im amru bezirizin yumru b'shenam zirizin. Who made the the uh, hamapanim? We learned in Masechet Shekalim bet garmu. Mishpachat bet garmu. Masechet Yomam. Mishpachat bet garmu. These people were zirizin. They were very careful of it. So you're gonna you're gonna tell me if bet garmu was allowed to make it? Because they're zealous. Now you know any guy in the street start making matzah. They should have a tefah. That's uh, not good. Number two, the bread of the Beit HaMikdash, the Gemara says, they used to have to work it 300 times. With their hands, they worked it 300 times, they kneaded it, and they pounded it 500 times. So therefore, the dough was already worked. And therefore, we weren't worried about it becoming hamitz. It's not worked. Therefore, there's a bigger chance for it to become Hametz. So that's the second difference between the Beit HaMikdash and 
regular uh, matzah. Im amru be'atzim yevishim, imru be'atzim nahim. And the Beit HaMikdash, they only would use dry wood. The second Ta'anit, we're going to learn that it says on Tu Be'av, they used to call Tu Be'av Yom Tabar Magal. That was the day they used to break the axe. Why? Because from that day on, they stopped cutting wood for the Beit HaMikdash, for the Mizbeach. Why? Because from the Tu Be'av on, the 15th of Av, the sun already is weakened. And therefore the wood is wet. It's not going to dry the wood as well. And therefore, you see, the Beit HaMikdash were very makpid only to use dry wood. Dry wood makes a very strong fire. Therefore, we're not worried about the Lechem HaPanim becoming Hametz. But you're going to let a regular guy use his regular wood that's moist. That's not going to make such a good fire. Therefore, there's a chance that it's going to become Hametz. Secondly, the Beit HaMikdash's oven was always hot. Why? Because it's always working. That was got stuff uh, in the oven in the uh, Beit HaMikdash. Always baking something. And therefore... Why? Every day at the Menachot. The Menachot were made every day was baked bread or matzah. And therefore the oven is hot in the Beit HaMikdash. When a hot oven, it doesn't become hamet so fast. Mashiach, the regular guy's oven, which is cold, it's different. Another difference. In the Beit HaMikdash, the oven was made out of metal. Why? Because there's certain things like the Lechem Panim and the Shteh Lechem and Shavuot, it has to be baked in an oven. But it has to be baked in Klisharit in a holy receptacle. The holy receptacles can only be made out of metal. So the oven was considered cliche, so it was metal. Now a metal oven obviously is hot. And therefore that's why it doesn't become hametz. But you let a guy in his regular earthenware oven, it's uh, going to become hametz. So therefore, because of all these uh, questions, he's saying, how could you tell me that Bitter uh, is going to allow you, a regular guy, to bake matzah and pesah to the shiur of a tefah? And your proof is, well, Panim has so many reasons. You have Zirizim, you have Pat uh, Amela, you have a Tanur that's Ham, you have Yatsim that's Yavesh, you have a Tanur that's Matechet. For all those reasons, we make the Beit HaMikdash. So, Amar Avir Meyabar Abba, Sheilit Etrebi, Biyehud. I asked one of the rabbis, the rabbi, in privately, Umanu, which rabbi did I ask? Rav. My pat abba, I said, what does it mean when it says in the Braita that Betelel allowed to make pat abba on Pesach? So he said, you know what it means? Pat meruba. Uh, it's not talking about the thickness of the matzah. It means you're allowed to bake a lot on Yom Tov, which means Betelel is not worried about tirha. He allows you to bake many, quantitatively, many matzot on Yom Tov. So the Gabriel Ika de Amri, Amar Avid Miyabar Abba Amarav, She'elit et Rabbi Bihud. Similar thing, I asked Rabbi Bihud, Umanu, Rabbeinu HaKadosh. He asked Rabbeinu HaKadosh, My Pat Abba, what does it mean when it says you could bake Pat Abba on Pesach? He told him, Pat Miruba. It means quantitatively, you're allowed to bake a lot. Vamai Karule Pat Abba. Why do you call it uh, Pat Abba? It's not uh, Abba, it's not thick. So he says, yes it is. Mishum dinefisha belisha. When you're making a lot of matzah, in the kneading, it's a thick kneading. Right? Because when you're making a lot, it's pat abba. Which part of the pat is abba? The dough. So that's why they call it pat abba, because the dough is thick. Iname, beatre da'aitana pat meruba pat abba karo. You know what you want? In that place where the tana taught the braita, in his place, the way you say meruba, meaning quantitatively a lot, you say it abba. So therefore it's uh, semantics. He calls Merubah Abba. So the Gemara says, wait, Mechti, Mishum de Katarah Tirha de Lotzarichu. The whole reason why Bet Shammai is saying it's Asur, 
Why doesn't he allow you to make so much on uh, Pesach? It's because of, on Yom Tov, because of Terhayi Tera. He doesn't want you to toil uh, too much. Mm-hmm. Why did the brighter then say only Pesach? The Chaurah, according to this reason, it should be asu to bake excessive bread on Shavuot as well, on Yom Tov, on Sukkot as well. It's not only a Pesach item anymore. Which is, till now we thought it was a Matzah item, the thickness and all that. No, now it's not a Matzah item anymore. Now it's a quantitative item, it's a Nyerav Tera'ah. So if it's a Nyerav Tera'ah, it's a Pesach, Shavuot, or Sukkot, why don't you just pick Pesach? <laughs> You're right. The Pesach Kaya. The Tanah that quoted that Braita, he was already learning the subject of Pesach. Hmm. So when he quoted that Braita, he said, the Pesach, Bo'adin on Sukkot and Bo'adin on Shavuot. Tanya Lamechem, we have a Braita to support this. Betshamai Omrim, En Ofin Pat Merubah Be'yom Tov. See, clearly Pat Merubah on Yom Tov, Ubetelel Matirim. Betelel says, Mutar. And what's the logic of Betelel? The logic of Betelel is like this. But remember we learned on the previous daf that when the, when the oven is filled with bread, so the bread comes out better. So in the olden days they used to fill the oven with bread. Now it's hot and they have the bread on the sides of the oven itself. And when they bake the bread inside, so that bread comes out better. So as long as you're enhancing your bread, even though you have to bake more, it'll be permissible. Okay, now it comes to the next Mishnah. Okay, Rabban Gimel was not only Mahmir, he said things like care. The following three things he said, uh, to the lenient side. Number one, Betamitot is where they used to eat. They used to call it Betta Mitot because they used to sit on lounges, like on couches, and they used to recline. Uh, those uh, the customs in the olden days, right? Now, after they used to eat, there was, uh, you know, food on the floor, whatever it was. So, Rabban Gimele allowed them to sweep. Why do you allow them to sweep? What's the shila? Why can't you sweep? So, you have to remember, in the olden days, the grounds were made out of dirt. Mm. And therefore, when you're going to sweep, it's it's boneh, which means you're filling the uh, holes up with dirt. But Rabban Gamliel, like we'll see in the Shita, he was uh, is going to be Mekel. Obviously, he held that it's not going to be a... First of all, you're not uh, mitkaven. It's in a mitkaven. You don't have a kavan to go ashwari. You just want to get rid of the thing. And you have to say, it's not a psikrishe. You have to say that's not going to happen. Inevitably, you're going to make ashwari gumot. Therefore, Rabban Gamal was mekel to sweep between the uh, the couches uh, on, um, on Yom Tov. Okay? Next case. What is mugmar? In the olden days, after they used to finish eating, they used to take like a shovel of coals, and they used to put some spices on top of the coals, and it would give a, uh, a smell. And they used to smell it, it was to open, open up the digestion, whatever it did for them. This was the custom that they used to call mugmar. So the hadushes over at the Bangam really only ochenefesh is mutar. So he holds over here that ochenefesh, a davar, that shavelechonefesh. Since everybody over here has a hana'ah from the Soviet. It's like eating. Just like eating is permissible. So this uh, smoke uh, uh, mugmar also is considered hana'ah therefore he was mekir. Ve'osin gedi mekulas p'lele pesachim. What is gedi mekulas? We learned the Masichet Pesachim literally is an armored Kurban uh, Pesach. What they used to do? On the, this was after the Beit HaMikdash. There's no Beit HaMikdash. They used to uh, take a gedi, a kid, a goat, and they used to roast it. But how did they used to roast it? They used to take the outsides, the insides, I'm sorry, the innards of the uh, animal, and they used to put it on the side, roast it on the side of it. Just like a person going to war, his ammunition is on his side. 
So therefore they would call it a Gdi Mikunas, because it looked like a soldier going out to war with his ammunition on his side. The Hadush of Rabban Gamaliel was, he wasn't uh, Osir, because the Achimim said this is Asur. In all three cases, Vachamim, Osrim. Why the Achimim Osir? Let's go one case at a time. The Mugmar is Asur, because, I'm sorry, the Kibud Abayit, they say, why? Asru Yegumot. They say, and it's a problem, because it's going to come to uh, fill in the holes. The second thing, why the Mugmar is Asur, because they say it's not Shavirich Nefesh. It's not a pleasure that's... Uh, it's only for Istanis, only for a guy that's a finicky guy, he needs to have the Mugmar. But a regular guy doesn't need it. And the third thing is the Gdimi Kulas, it looks like Kurban Pesach. Mm-hmm. And there were people going to think, hey, the guy's bringing Kuchim Bahaus, the guy's bringing the Kurban Pesach, and it's not the Beta Megdash anymore. Therefore, all these three cases over there, the Khamim are Ose. Okay. Okay. So the Tosfot Yom Tov explains in the Mishnayot. He says even though it's not a psikre sheba, that's for Yegumot, but Hachamimo said anyway because it's karov levadai that it's going to happen. It's not inevitable, but it's close to inevitable. So close, close is enough in order to be kosei. It comes to Gemara and says, Amar Rabaseh. Rabaseh says, Mahaloket legamir. We're discussing now the subject of the Mugmar. Now, there was two types of Mugmar. One Mugmar was Lahariyah. That's the Mugmar we talked about till now. They used to, after the Seudah, they used to put the spices on the coals, they used to inhale it. That was, uh, you know, a smell. That was Hana for them. There's another type of Mugmar they used to do for Begadim. person had clothes, they had a, you know, bad smell to them. They wanted to give a fragrance to their smell. What would they do? They would hang up the clothes, and underneath the clothes, they would put this incense over here, and the smoke would go up into the Begadim, and this would give it a good fragrance. So now, Rav Aseh says, Mahaloket legamir. The whole mahaloket in this Mishnah between the Bangam and Hachamim with the Mugmar, that's only the Begadim. Which means the Hachamim are only Osir, because Begadim, you murid rehabi yom tov, you make the reyah into a. That's not considered Shavelech or Nefesh, that's not considered a. Ah, that's permissible. Abal, Le'ariyah, Tevra kol mutar. Also, Rabbi says, but to make the Mugmar for smelling. Even the Hachamim will say it's Mutad. Only Mahalokan is by the Begadim, but not by the Hariyah. Mm. So the Gebran says, what do you mean? Meti, we have a question. In Mechabedin, Beta Beta Metot, Be Yom Tov. Right, we said that you're not allowed to sweep. Beta Metot, the place where they sat and ate on Yom Tov. Veshel, Beta Nabangam, and Mechabedin. But in Nabangam, the other house, they did it. Amar Bili Ahezer, Berbar Sadok. Pahamim, Arben, Echnasti, Ahar. Abba lebet Rabban Gamliel. Many times I followed my father, and I went to the house of Rabban Gamliel. Velo ayu mechabedin beta mitot biyom tov, and they didn't sweep beta mitot on yom tov. What did they do? Ela mechabedin otam meir of yom tov. They would sweep the room meir of yom tov. Uforsin alehem sadinim, and then they would put sheets on the floor. So now, what happened to all the dirt? All the dirt would go on the sheets. When the guests would uh, come in, what would they do? Mm-hmm. They would just take out the sadinim. Mm-hmm. And the house, the room would become clean and sw- sweeped by itself. Which means that they didn't sweep. They had this, uh, they put the covers on the uh, floor over there. So Amru, they told them, Imken, 
after Shabbat mutar la'asot kin. So what are you talking about? This is what they did. If this is what they did, so even Shabbat is what they do such a thing. Therefore, you don't know what you're talking about. Therefore, really, on Yom Tov, they sweeped, actually. You can't tell me that they, they put these sheets on the floor. So how can they only say the Yom Tov is mutar? <laughs> if it's sheets on the floor, you can do that even on Shabbat. So therefore, it must be the sweeping was mamash sweeping. Continue. Ve'en manihin etam mugmar b'yom tov. Right? It says in the, uh, you're not allowed to put Mugbar on Yom Tov. But in the Bank of the we put the Mugbar on Yom Tov. The Amara Bili but Sadok, same story. Many times my father, they would not put the Mugbar uh, on Yom Tov. What's Ardiskaot Shil Barzel? So uh, these are like uh, hollowed uh, tubes that they would bring. Yeah, some type of hollowed metal tube. And they would start the smoking process. Then what they do? And they would plug it. So now the smoke is in the tube. That will happen on Yom Tov. The next day, when the guests would come, they would unclog, they would uncork the pipes. And now the room would get smoked by itself. This is what I saw in the bank of house. So they tell him, What are you talking about? What kind of testimony is this? Which is why they say only mutar on Yom Tov. You're just plugging it up from before Yom Tov and you're just unplugging it on Yom Tov. You can even do that on Shabbat. But wait. What do you see in this Braita? The whole discussion is over here. The smell. Not about begadim. Mm. We're talking about him making mugbar to smell. So we're back, back to the question. You have said, you just said, ma'aloket ma'aloket legamer. For the clothes. What are you talking? From this bride, you see the only discussion was la'ariyah. And still the hakamim said, asur. Alright? And therefore, the Rabbi said, you're learning the ma'aloket uh, incorrectly. So comes the Gemara and says, "Itmar, haki itmar." If you want to learn the mahloket, say it like this: "Amar of Asif." The Asif says, "Mahloket lehariyah." That's the mahloket. Davka lehariyah. Which Hakamim will say it's a sur because it's not an ashavel lechol nefesh. And the Gemara will say, "Mutar," because it's the way it's an alchol nefesh. Abal legamer a sur. Part legamer for the begadim. That's going to be a sur. Look at Rashi: "Mahloket lehariyah." What's the question? In the older days they used to take fruit and they used to smoke them in order to give the fruit a good uh, sweet uh, taste. Except they used to make the smoke, put the fruit over it, like a, whatever it is, and give it a ta'am. So the question is, are you allowed to make this shun process on the fruits on Yom Tov? So comes the Gemara and says, Amar of I'm sorry. He said, Asur. She says, This is already people who are very finicky do this over here. 
this is only for an istinis. This is only for a, like a meticulous guy, a finicky guy. He needs to eat his food like that. What would they do? That coals. The coals were burnt. There was fire. They would take these spices and drop it on the coals. What would happen to the coals when they put the spices? It would blow out. When the coals would go out, they would create smoke. So therefore, the isud is what? Now, if you're telling me it's Hanash, Shabelechon, Nefesh, okay, so Kibu would be Mutar. That's why I consider Ochel Nefesh. But Sheikh, in this case over here, who, how many people are smoking their fruits? Uh, this is already a Pinuk. This is already a Tafnuk, like Rashid says. Therefore, he's Osir. Usmoel Amar, Mutar. So says, no. Mutar. She says, Ochel Nefeshu. Veraui Afla Anim. Anybody can eat. There's have to be a finicky guy or a rich guy. The Anim can do the same process also. So why don't they do it? They don't do it because they just they don't have the uh, equipment. Okay. Comes the Gemara and says the logic now. Ravuna Amar Asur says the reason why it's Asur because of Kibui. So Amar Rav Nachman What do you think? Why don't you start, start from the beginning? The process over here, you're being, lighting. you're lighting the uh, the coals, the spices. Oh, you're lighting the spices. So I'm giving you the order. The order is first they put the spices on the coals. What happens first before the spices start to ignite? The coals go out. After the coals go out, then the spices start to be They start to Ignite, they start to burn. So therefore, so when I give you mechabe, I'm giving you the order. Mechabe and then mevi. Look at Rashi. Bottom line. Venema mor, venema mor mepeneshim mevi. Habesamim shigam zeab melacha. Amar le techilato mechabe. Vesofom abir vetarvayu havi bevana kamakamanakte. I'm just giving you the order. First is mechabe, and then there is mevi. Baruch Adonai Le'olam Amen Amen